praise God and go ahead and get Facebook on there and let it, the video go live. Hallelujah. As we go live into all parts of the world, apparently now, <laughs> we're not just in the United States, but we're in parts of the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because God's doing something. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you today, today about transforming our minds. And because there's things the Lord has been speaking to me that throughout the week concerning this, and concerning myself, but you know, when God gives me revelations for me, it, it, it's, it not only helped me, but it helped you too. Because it's, why it's revelation from Him. Amen. So if, if you would, let's start off with, uh, open your your Bibles to Matthew 16. See, you thought we were going to go to another course, didn't we? We're going to start Matthew 16. Uh, look there first before we go to the main scripture. In Matthew 16. And uh, let's look at verse 25. Jesus says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life or lose his life for my sake shall find it. Alright, so what's he really talking about here? Whosoever shall shall save his life. In other words, whoever, if you're going to live your life according to your plan, alright, you're going to lose it. But if you'll live your life according to his plan, you'll have it. You'll have life. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of people, we live our lives, and a lot of times we live, we live life with our plans, and we think they're God's plans, but we don't even know. Because we assume things. We think they're, we think they're God's plans because they even sound Christianese, but you know, the plan never came from the Father. So what happens a lot of times with us as Christians is we, we, we make plans to do things, and then we come back and we ask God to bless it. That, that's not God's plans. Alright? So that's why a lot of times your plans don't work out because you're asking God to bless something He's never called you to do. Even though what you're doing is good, it's and it's you know it's biblical. But see, that's not how the Father operates. He said in James, you have not because you ask not. When you do ask, you don't ask the right way. Alright? Because what you're gonna do, you want to spend it on yourselves. I mean, that's that, that's the Mike Baskin version of, of James there. Because that's really what happens is we're asking God uh, to bless our plans, but it's not his plan. Alright? If you flip back to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, chapter 3, it says in verse 1, it says, to everything there is a season and a time or an opportunity or a plan to every purpose under the heaven. All right, so God has a plan. I don't care who you are, how you was born, how you was brought into this planet, but God's got a plan for you. Until you get a hold of that plan, your, your life is going to be topsy-turvy. It's, it's not going to flow. You're going to struggle at times, all right? And depending on how far outside that plan is, it can be, it can be, a, you just can have a disastrous life. All right? It's, it's hard enough even as being a Christian 
and trying to find out that plan. But if you're in, you know, look at the world, they're just they're a mess. You know, people. A lot of Christians ask the question, "Well, why is why is people in the world doing these things?" Well, the Bible tells you it says that the God of this world, the God who's the God of this world, it's not our God. It's Satan. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those that believe them. So what's the world done? They've got their minds focused on the things of, of Satan. That's why they're doing what they're doing. All right? Now, they're going to be held responsible for it, but ultimately, they're, they're blinded to the, the ways of God because uh, Satan's blinded their minds. All right? But see, God has a plan for them. Jesus said, on the way, the truth, the life, no man goes to the Father but through me. So see, the reason why Jesus was really pointing to the Father is because out of that relationship with the Father is going to come everything in your life. The plan for your life. Where you're to go to school, where you're to work, where where you're to live. All right, and so you get on his plan, it's going to be a struggle. And you're going to go through some really hard times and you're going to get frustrated. And a lot of Christians get frustrated at God because things aren't working out in their life, but it's not God's plan, it's your plan. See, God will only answer what you ask the question that you ask Him. If, if you go to the Father and you ask Him a question, you say, well, Lord, um, which soda pop should I drink? Well, how many of you know really soda's not good for you? He's not going to correct you because you ask, that, that's not the question you ask, right? He's going to tell you which would be the best pop for you to drink because that's how that's what you asked. You didn't ask, Lord, should I even drink soda pop? Uh, <laughs> right? You asked the question, which soda pop should I drink? I'm just using that as an example because that way it doesn't step on very many people's toes. Oh, it's probably going to step on a bunch of people anyway. You know, I could have used something else, but you get the point of what I'm saying. So God can only answer you, what's the best soda pop for you? You know, I don't in speaking of that, I remember years ago, uh, well, I wasn't there, but <laughs> I mean, the story was years ago. The Lord told Brother Hayden not to drink Coca-Colas. He said, quit drinking Coca-Colas. Why? It, it, it didn't mean everybody couldn't drink Coke. It meant Brother Hayden couldn't because Coca-Cola had something in it that affected his body in an adverse way. So Brother Hayden did what? He listened. He didn't drink Matter of fact, yeah, I, 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 I believe heard it. He didn't ever even drink pop. He quit drinking. All right. See, so as we start to realize that uh, God's got a plan for us, but that's what Jesus was saying. He says, "For whosoever will will save his life shall lose." It. So you're going to work your plan. You're going to lose your life. All right. Or what shall a man? You know. Or whosoever will lose his life. Lose his plan for my sake or Jesus' plan. He shall find it. He'll find he'll find it. For he says in verse 26, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? Well, he loses his own soul. What? See, that's, there, 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 there's revelation. What what profit is there for a man to gain the world? All the wealth of the world, but what does he do? He loses he loses his mind. Why? Because he's not thinking right. Well, we see that happening all the time. We got people out in Hollywood constantly killing themselves, and and and, and the world says they're just they're just filthy rich. Yeah, they're filthy rich. What's what he's saying right here? They work their plan. How they work for you? Well, not too good. 
where they get you. Well, you may have got you may have got some of these people in hell. I don't know. I mean, I'm not judging them, but I'm just saying it, it may it may have gotten a lot of them in hell. Why? Because they worked their plan, not his. He said, uh, uh, "What uh, or what shall a man get, give in exchange for his soul?" What are you going to have to give? You're going to give your you're going to have to give your body. Because you know, I, I alluded to this earlier. We're servants of God. You know, the Bible talks about us being a servant of God. Now let's go. Let's go to Romans chapter twelve, and I, that's where I want to really get into talking about uh, the transformation of our mind. And I want to read a couple verses here, and then we'll come come back and look at some things. The first two, he says in Romans twelve, Paul in verse one says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God." that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We've heard that scripture. One of the things the Lord spoke to me this week about this, he said, he said it says in my word, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Right? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. What happens with a lot of Christians is we're trying to take the Word of God and have it conformed to our lives. That's what God spoke to me. He said, Michael, the prophet yet. He said, You take the Word of God, a lot of times you try to get it to conform to your life. He said, I didn't tell you to do that. I said, I said for you to be transformed. In other words, change completely how you think. Why? Because, because I'm a servant of God. You are a servant of God. Alright? So as a Christian, we've got to be transformed. That means totally changing how you think. Not taking the Word of God and, and getting it to work in your life and using the parts in there that are work in your life and then throwing the rest away. That's not what he's talking about. But yet that's what a lot of believers are really trying to do. They're trying to use part of the Bible that works for them, and the other part we just set aside. Well, that's not really that important. It ain't going to work that way. That's, my, that's your plan. That's not God's plan. God's got a plan for you. He's got a divine purpose for each of us. But see, you'll never fulfill that purpose or that plan if you've got your own plan. So Paul says here at the beginning, he says, I beseech you. Alright? That, that word beseech, it means that it's a picture that, that Paul was saying, I, I, I beg you, I pray, I plead with you. All right? In one, in one scripture, it was saying that Paul was, Paul was kneeling and, and begging the person. He said that you, that you, brethren, by the mercies of God. All right? That you, by the mercies of God, what's the mercies of God? Well, the mercies are this. It's your tender feelings, your compassion. It's a divine power to help us. All right? Now, here's a revelation. When we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, the mercies of God come. It's divine power. To do what? 
to make the changes in your life, to bring the supply in your life that's needed. He says, he says, I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, because the mercies of God are going to come when you do what? When you present your body a living sacrifice. What's it mean? What's it mean by uh, to present? Well, you know, when Jesus was a baby, they brought Jesus to the temple and they presented him, all right, to the temple priest. All right? And what they were doing, they were presenting him and dedicating his whole life. So what God is saying for you and I that we're to do, we're to present our bodies. See, when you when you when you and I became born again, our bodies are no longer ours. For a Christian to say, well, it's my body, I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. The world says that. The world says that. No, no, no. The world says, I can do whatever I want you to my body. No, you can't. Says I go have an abortion. A woman can go have an abortion. God said, "No, you can't." But not what His Word said. God is going to have you do something that's contrary to His Word. So what do we do? We start working our plans. If a woman, if a woman, I'm not saying a woman that has an abortion is going to hell. I mean, without Jesus, she's going to hell. The abortion ain't what's sending you to hell. That that's not that doesn't send somebody to hell because they have an abortion. What sends somebody to hell is they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Just because you come down and you give, a, you said a prayer, doesn't mean you gave your life to him. He says to present your body, all right? A, it says present your bodies a living sacrifice. What's a living sacrifice? Well, you think back in the Old Testament when they brought a sacrifice, all right? When they, when they would bring sacrifices in, they would bring the animal in and they would dress it up. All right? They would dress it up and present it because uh, as a as a work for it, it would be taken up to the altar and then at the altar, its throat would be slit and the blood would pour out. All right? The animal died. All right? And then the, the blood was mixed with with oil and then burnt all up. And, and, and they burnt the sacrifice completely up. There was nothing left of it. Nothing. Nothing to eat. Eat nothing at all. It was completely burned up. So when the Bible says that you and I are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, it means exactly that. It means your body should be dead. If when you get up, if your body's still alive, it's not a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is something that, that dies. It's dead. It's gone. It's no longer yours. It's no longer your plan. But what do we do? We keep working our plans. Well, do I read my Bible today? Well, what do you think I want you to do? Of course he does. Do I go to church? Well, of course he does. He wants you to, It's in his plan. What's your plan? Your, your plan, you do whatever you want to do. All right? Do I pray today? 
What do you think his plan is? Yes, you, you pray. What's your plan? Well, I don't feel too much like praying today. I don't think, well, well that's your plan. What's happening here? You're going through this process of, of, of taking your body and presenting it as a living sacrifice. I'm gonna pray not because I not because I feel like it, but because I know that it's a sacrifice. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says Jesus prayed three times. It says that he, that, that one of those times he prayed in agony. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And that word agony is a word that describes a wrestling event between two opposites. So Jesus, when he was praying, there, there was a battle going on. What? His flesh didn't want to go to the cross. saying right now that, that the, the victory wasn't won on the, just the cross. The victory was won in the garden when Jesus died to his will. And he said, not my will be done, but thy will be done. He submitted to God. He said, no, I'm not. He said, Lord, if there's any other way that, that this cup should pass from me, let's do it. He knew that. What was speaking? That was his flesh. So what died? His flesh died that day. So what is what is Paul telling us here? He said that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. You, know, you gave your life to the Lord, but did you give your mind to God? Or your thoughts about God? Did you, did you give your feelings to God? Have you presented your feelings to God? Says, well, you know, you know, a lot of people, you, you, you say something to them wrong and they get all mad. Why? Because it's their plan, it's their feelings. You hurt my feelings. It ain't your feelings. You're a Christian, yeah, they aren't your feelings. They ain't your feelings. They're God's. You should present your feelings as a living sacrifice. Your thoughts, they're not your thoughts. They're not. They should be submitted to God. So if somebody says something to you that makes you mad, you really shouldn't make you mad. Why? Because if you presented your thoughts to God, you're looking at things and you're seeing things as He sees them. You see people and you understand that people do mean things to you. Why? Not because, not because of you, but because of the influence in their life. Who's the influence in their life? Well, a lot of times it's Satan. They're not saved. Oh, just because they go to church, yeah, you think they're saved. No, 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 they're not saved because they haven't presented their bodies as a loving sacrifice. They're, they're working their plan. You know, something else, the Lord spoke to me the other day, and he said this, he said, he said, in a person's life, Michael, if their body is sick, what do, what do they do? I said, well, they go to the doctor. I said, yeah, they go to the doctor. He said, what if there's a chemical imbalance in their brain? Because that, that is real. There, there are people that have chemical imbalances in their brain. 
I said, well, usually they'll go to a psychologist and they'll present them with medicine to help counteract it. He said, so in other words, if somebody's brain has an issue, then they still got to go to the medicine, all right, to help it. Right? I said, yeah. I said, Lord, where are you going with this? He said, well, I want to ask you something else. What if somebody's spirit's sick? Where do they go? I was like, well, in the natural, they don't go anywhere. They don't even know that they're spirit's sick. I said, to really, be honest with you, most Christians don't even go to their pastor. They don't go to church. Because they don't even understand spiritual things. When their spirit's sick. When their spirit's under attack. If they're born again. If you're born again, your spirit's not sick. Alright? If your spirit's sick, you need, to, you need to be born again. Because Jesus, the word says, Behold, all things are made. Right? So if if your spirit is really that sick, then you need to be born again. Now it could be it, it just needs to be cleansed. Maybe because you you've let some bad thoughts in your life come in. You've let things in your flesh affect your your living, and so what happens is uh, you're not living right. You're not thinking right. So your spirit man is starving. You eat three healthy meals a day. Yeah, right. I'm sorry, but cake and candies are not three healthy meals. They're not part of food. You know, I need to do better on what I eat. But you look around at this country. You look around at people. The reason why we have the problem weight weight problems is because we don't eat right. That's a nation. Think how somebody looks spiritual, how their spirit looks. If they're not spiritually fed. How many people are going today to church and they're going to hear a feel-good story by a pastor or a preacher who will stand up in front of their pulpit and tell them a story and make people laugh and make people, you know, cry and make people feel pretty good and then they'll walk outside the door and forget what the world went on inside the church. And they don't take it and, and, and implement it into their life. Why? Because you really can't implement a story. You need some meat. Right? You need something that challenges you. What's going to challenge you? The Word of God will challenge you. It, it challenges us right here. He says, He says, to prison our body a living sacrifice. That, that we would be holy. What's holy mean? Holy, holy, holy is, is, is set aside for God's use. You know what he said? He said, you be holy because I'm holy. Right? He said, you be holy because I'm holy. Amen. Then he says to present our bodies. That word present, it means to place at one's disposal to surrender, to offer a sacrifice to God, to fully dedicate without having any or hearing any uh, attention 
are having any intention to taking it back. When you present your body, you're giving it to God without any intention, intention of taking it back. What a lot of people do. Well, I'll let my mind be transformed, but if it don't work out, no, you're not. You're, you're fooling yourself. You're, you're really fooling yourself. It says, and we be not conformed to this world. We be not conformed. We don't think like the world thinks. When you look at a lot of Christians, a lot of times you look at a lot of Christians, and I'm not talking about people that someone that lived their life outside of the Word, all right, and then got saved. But we got we got Christians doing really goofy things, like going out and getting tattoos and stuff like that, and 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 just glorifying the, the flesh. That's not God. God already said in His Word not to put any marks on our flesh. Now, again, I'm not coming against anybody that, that before they got saved, you know, they had had done stuff like that. And, you know, and still, even with that, you can get them removed. They can be taken off. See, we're going to have to transform how we think. By what? It says, by the renewing of your mind. Have your mind renewed. In other words, when you read the word, the Bible and it tells you this is what you do, and you're not doing it, what do you do? You don't try to say, well, how do I make that fit in my life? No, no, no. That's not renewing your mind. That's getting the Word of God to conform to your way. All right? To renew your mind is, is real simple. Is Again, you see the Word of God, it tells you to do something. You do it. You don't say, well, how am I going to get that to fit in my No, 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 no. You presented your body a living sacrifice. That's no longer the question. The question is not how do I make that work in my life. I see that and the Word of God tells me to do it. Therefore, I presented my body. I'm going to do it. Paul said this way. He says, now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? So I'm going to walk in love. To what? To strangers? Yeah. But how do people that, that you're close to? Well, I feel like. No, that ain't what it said. That ain't what Paul said. I gotta walk in love all the time. Whether I know them or don't know them. Alright, what am I doing? I'm presenting my body, living sacrifice. Because I'm gonna have to I got I have to walk in love. Why? Because I'm a servant. Again, let me read to you what a servant. A servant, that word is dolus. It's one who forfeits his will and living to do the master's will. The principal task in life is to fill the desires of his master for life. Think about that. Now, the Bible clearly it, it says that we're servants. Well, Pastor, I thought we were sons of God. Well, sons of God is a servant of God. Right? A child of God is not necessarily a servant of God. Why? Because a child can't be a servant. They're doing, doing childish stuff. See, when God's speaking to you, He's telling you things, and there's things going on in the inside of you, but a lot of times what will happen is we sit there and we go, uh, I don't agree with that. You, you don't agree with the Bible. 
No, I agree with what pastor's saying. Hold on, what pastor's saying is saying what the Bible says. Oh, that's all I'm doing. Well, pastor, all you do is hide behind the Bible. You're right. That's where I'm going to hide. Because it's safe then. If I come up with my own things, well, then that's just that's my plan. That ain't God's plans. He said, God said in Jeremiah, He said, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. So guess what? We're gonna have to find out how he thinks. How are you gonna do that? You have to have your mind renewed. You're gonna you're gonna have to be transformed in how you think. You know, I, I, I think back how how God does things over the past recent months. How many times, and I never heard, I never heard this before, but God brought it up in me. And I'm not saying this to, to, to shame anybody, but I'm saying how God works and gives people opportunities to do things. And then they, it's up to you whether you do it. But I mean, there was multiple times the Lord had me, had me use this phrase, which I never really heard before. He said, he said, somebody that's backsliding will respond to the word of God. But somebody that's backslidden, they'll respond. Why? Because somebody that's backslidden has come to the end of themselves and they're just like, man, I need some help. I don't know what to do, but I need help. If somebody in the Lord will just show me what to do. And they have an altar call, and guess what? They the altar. But someone that's black that's backsliding, sliding away, they won't respond to an altar call. What do they do? They keep on going down. Down, down. And that happened in here. Someone's not here because Because they were they were backsliding. They weren't backslidden. They're backsliding. And that's how you pray for them. Because they're backsliding. They're not backslidden. They're sliding. Well, how far have they got to go? I don't know. I mean, I've seen people, we, me and a uh, person I work with, we're, we're talking about other people and their, and their situation. And he's saying, man, I, I, I thought that person hit bottom. I said, you don't know what somebody's hit bottom. We think we do. But I've seen people I thought had hit bottom, had hit rock bottom. And it's, it's like they're still, they're still, they're still, they're still sliding. You know, how far do you got to go before you want to say, okay, I've had enough of this. I, I need something better. This plan ain't working out. Well, what do you need to do? You need to present your Bible. You need to present your Bible to the sacrifice. And, uh, Go to Romans chapter 6 real quick. Let's look at this one here. Romans 6. In Romans 6.13 it says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now that word instruments, in the Greek it really translates to weapons. Neither yield your, your members as weapons of unrighteousness. Don't yield your body 
as a weapon of unrighteousness. Okay, now see, that's what you're doing. When, when, when you live an unrighteous life, when you do things you know you shouldn't be doing, because you know what the Word says, and you go ahead and do it, you are, you are, you are yielding your, your member as a weapon of unrighteousness unto sin. But Paul says, he says, but, but yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, alive from the dead, and your, and your members as weapons of righteousness unto God. Think about that. When you do the right thing, when you yield your flesh unto God, it, it's a, that's a weapon. Why? Well, we'll go right back here at the very beginning. Here's what happens. Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, when you yield yourself, all right, here's what you've got to get. You've got to see this. When you yield your, your body as a living sacrifice, now the mercies of God come in to your situation. And what does he do? He fixes things. He helps you in areas that you don't even need, that you need help. But you see, you can't figure out in your mind how your plans are going to work. Now, see, you can't try this stuff out. You can't say, well, uh, Pastor, I'll give that a shot. Don't, don't push it. Okay. You've, got, you've got to make a conscious decision that I am going to, to submit my body. I'm going to submit my life and and, and, and yield my, my flesh as a weapon of righteousness. And then what happened? The mercies of God come along and do what? Start picking up in any area that I that I need. But it doesn't, you know, Jesus said it this way, you can't serve God and man. You can't serve God and man. And I've seen Christians, I've done it myself. I've tried to serve God and man and the world's it don't work. You get frustrated. You wonder, oh God, why are these things happening? Why isn't things working in my life? Because you try to serve God and man. You can't. You can't. How, how long is it going to take you to get this revelation? I mean, here it is right here. Here's the word right here for you. Here's what Paul's telling us right here. We got to present our body. To present, it means again, a, a, a to place at one's disposal, to surrender, offer a sacrifice to God, to fully dedicate without having any, uh, uh, giving any attention to taking it back. When you do that, the mercies of God. I want to ask you this today. I'll, I'll, I'll read from the Amplified too. But what in your life? What in our lives have we not presented to God? Have you presented your body? Have you presented your feelings? Have you presented your pain? You see, a lot of times what happens is people, they take their pain and every time somebody says something that sticks in that spot of pain, what do they do? They get mad. You can present it. You give it to him. Why? Because he didn't question. 
You give it, you give it to me as a living sacrifice. Lord, I, I, I'm not going to be bothered by that. Why? Because you paid the price for See, you start understanding that, that, that everything was defeated in the garden when he, when he submitted to God's will. All we have to do, we have to do the same thing. We have to submit to God's will in our life. Not to our will. We can't have our life. And if you got a plan, that's why you that's why I say that's when Jesus said, No man goeth to the Father but through me. I'm the way, the truth, and life. Why? The plan is go to the Father. When you go to the Father, then you present your body to, to the Father, and what does he do? Then he gives you his plan. He gives you his plan. When we when we do this part here, then he releases his plans and his will for our lives. Then you'll know what is the will of God for your life. I've heard, I've heard Christians say before, "What you know?" I asked the Lord, "What what what's His will for my life?" Have you presented your body a living sacrifice? Well, not really. You're not qualified yet to find out. If you want to find out the plan of God for your life, you're going to have to submit. And that what James said. Submit to God, resist the devil, and then he'll flee. Why didn't he just say, resist the devil, he'll flee, and then, and then submit to God? No, he didn't say it that way. He said, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. But see, until we submit to God, and let it, let it be God's plan in our life, then, you, then, then what happens? Then, then the joy comes. Remember we, in the offering we were talking about the talents. What was the talent? What happened with the talent? When, the, when, they, when they submitted to God, when they gave the talent, when they took the talent and they went out and did what? They sowed. They reaped a harvest. It increased for them, didn't it? Finances. But the one that did what? Buried the talent? It didn't work out too well. He, he or she didn't present their bodies to living sacrifice. Matter of fact, thought that they knew God. Said, well, we know that you're a hard man. You have a relationship. With a relationship with the Father, you know that he's not asking anything of you. And he's not asking us to do something we can't But when we submit to God, all right, first of all, there's two things that are going to happen. In order to submit to God, God's word has to be dominant. The second thing is God's voice has to be dominant. If you do things your way, it's not going to happen. See, that's what I said earlier. We, we come up with these brilliant plans and we ask God, God bless them. God bless me in this endeavor as I'm going to go and do what I believe you want me to do. What do you mean you believe? You don't know? Well, no, I'm just believing God will show me if this is the right way. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you, got, you got the cart before the horse. You better find out if that's what God wants you to do. How are you going to do that? Well, first of all, you got to sit in the you got to present your body a little second. You know, I, I've seen people that, are, that, that I believe the Lord has called them into ministry. But the biggest problem, the reason why they never really get the call, is because they haven't submitted to God. They've not presented their body. 
Lose your, lose your pastor. Uh, we don't really have one right now. But God's called us in the woods. You know, you don't have a shepherd. Because that's how it works. I believe they, they a lot of people like that. They, they got calls on their life. They're probably shepherd. But see, God can't use you because you're not submitted. God's got an order. To get things in order, when, you know, it's like, brother, uh, brother Ruben, he said, he had a teaching, he said, when the, when the when the pattern's right, the glory of God. He said, when you get the pattern out, the glory of God will manifest. I want to read to you from uh, the Amplified uh, Romans chapter 12. Real quick here. And I'm closing. He says in verse 1, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God. See, he's begging. Why? Because he knows the mercies of God are going to come upon To make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. It, 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 the appetite says it's a form of spiritual worship when we present our bodies as a living Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Do you realize what that's saying? That when we submit ourselves to God, God shows the way. That you'll be able to prove what is the will of God. You, 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 that word prove, when you study that, that word prove means that you'll be able to test, you'll be able to show by testing what is his will in your life. It also means you'll be able to prove what is his will in everything, in healing. Is it God's will to heal? The reason why a lot of people don't know whether it's God's will to heal or not, because they have not They did not present their bodies as a living son. Hallelujah. Again, I ask you, have you present have you ever presented your bodies as a living son? Have you presented your mind? Have you presented your feelings? Have you presented your anger? Have you presented your pride? Those things you need to present to God. That's what we say. Say, say, Father, uh, I'm not going to carry this on you. I'm going to present it to you. So what you say. I present my body. Glory to God. Let's stand up.